Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. My name is Rabbi Abby Sasland, and today we are studying Masechet Beitza Daf Chaf Gimel, page 23. On our Daf, the Gemara returns to the question of what exactly is a milacha. A biblical definition of work, a milacha de oraita, is, of course, any one of those 39 categories of work that are listed in the Mishnah. Clearly, if one does exactly one of those categories of work, that is, lighting a fire or extinguishing a fire, we know that it is asur, prohibited. But as we saw in Masechet Shabbat, there are so many permutations of toladot, derivations of work, as well as shvut, the rabbinic concept of rest, that need further clarification and take up a lot of space in the pages of the Talmud. On our daf, we are reintroduced to two concepts that relate to whether or not a milacha has taken place. First, the concept of molid, making something new, creating something new, literally making something be born. Even if something does not appear to be a milacha, the concept of molid can turn something into a milacha. Because you have created something new, a milacha has taken place. At the bottom of yesterday's daf, three lines from the bottom of 22b, the Gemara continues the discussion of incense that began on yesterday's page by asking whether it is permissible to smoke fruits on yantif. Ibailahu, mahu le'ashen. The fruits were placed near burning incense so that they would absorb the fragrance of the spices. Would this be permitted on yantif? According to Rav Huna, Asur, this is prohibited. When the spices are placed on the coals, the coals become extinguished. And of course, this goes against a biblical milacha. For Rav Huna, it is prohibited because of the extinguishing. Rav Yehuda says, okay, you can't put spices on top of burning coal because you will extinguish the coal. But al gabe klicheres mutar. But if you put the spices on top of a hot clay utensil, which cannot be extinguished, it's simply a piece of clay, it is permitted. Rabbah says no. Al-Gabecheres asur, one cannot even place spices on a clay utensil. As Rabbah, Rabbah sees it, even if you do not extinguish any coals, it is prohibited. Mishum molid recha, because a new fragrance is being created. A new, a new thing, something brand new, is being created from nothing. The principle of molid turns a regular non-milacha act into a prohibited act on Yom Tov or Shabbat because creating something that wasn't there is prohibited on the holiday. And if you place spices on top of a kli cheres, on top of a 
clay utensil, then you are creating a fragrance in the fruits that wasn't there initially. At the top of our daf today, the Gemara shows another ruling of Rabaz that is consistent with his ruling on the fruit. If you take a fragrant cup and invert it onto silk clothing so that the fabric absorbs the fragrance, this is also prohibited on Yantif and of course on Shabbat because of the same reason, Mishum Dikamolid Recha, because you are creating a new fragrance, it is Asur. You're creating a brand new thing, the new fragrance on the clothes. But wait, the Gemara asks, don't we do things like this all the time? How is this different than taking a twig, a fragrant twig, and rolling it between one's fingers to bring out the fragrance and to smell it? Or cutting off the top of a twig and smelling it. The Gemara explains that there is in fact a difference between uh, taking a twig that already has the fragrance in it and creating a new fragrance in something different. Hatam recha In the case of a piece of wood, the fragrance is already there. But in the case of burning spices, which will create a fragrance on the fruit or on clothing, there is something completely new being created. This concept of molid that it is forbidden to create anything new on Shabbat or Yantif is actually one of the sources for the prohibition on electricity. Just as one is not permitted to create a fragrance which did not exist before Shabbat, so too many authorities say one is not permitted to create a light which did not exist before Shabbat, even if no actual kindling took place to create it. So it turns out that a number of actions become a sur even though they do not seem to connect to the original biblical melacha, just because the result of the action is something completely new. Well, what if the person doing the action had absolutely no intention of creating a new thing? Okay, if you purposely want the fruits to smell differently, or you want the clothes to take on the fragrance of the cup, it makes sense that it would count as a melacha, but what if you have no interest in the result? It just simply happens. I'm grateful to Alan Goldman of Jewish Pathways for explaining this in a way that is hopefully easily understandable to all of us. As he says, work is only work on Shabbat if I intend to do the action I am doing. The idea stems from the connection between Shabbat and the Mishkan. The work of the Mishkan is called by the Torah Malachet Machshevet, literally, thoughtful work, as in being done with forethought. And since the labors we avoid on Shabbat are derived from the labors done in the Mishkan, the notion of thoughtfulness applies to Shabbat as well. For any action to be thoughtful work, it must be an intended consequence of the work. Thus, one does not violate a Torah prohibition if one's actions on Shabbat do not meet the standards of Malachet Machshevet. So the classic case for the idea of intended work is the case of gorer, dragging something across the floor. The question in our Mishnah is whether a child's wagon can be dragged along the floor on Shabbat or Yom Tov. 
go rare, dragging, is a concern because if you pull something across a room on Shabbat simply for the purpose of moving it, you might accidentally create a groove in the ground, which to the Gemara is the same as building a ditch. Agala shel katan, the wagon of a young person, is permitted or is not permitted to be pulled along the floor. According to the Mishnah, it can only be dragged along the floor on top of clothing so that no groove is made on the floor. But Rav Yehuda disagrees, saying nothing can be dragged along except for a child's wagon. He allows a child's wagon, and the Gemara wants to know why. The issue is whether or not the groove is an intended consequence of the action. Does the Mishnah follow the ruling of Rav Yehuda, Amar, davar she'en mitkaven asur, that a result that is prohibited on Shabbat is still prohibited even if it is not intended? Or does the Mishnah follow the ruling of Rabbi Shimon, who says that if a thing is not an intended consequence of an action, it is permitted? Our parak ends with a new possibility of Rav Yehuda's position. Maybe Rav Yehuda allows a child's wagon to be pulled because it is simply too light to make a groove. Whether someone has intended it or not, a child's wagon is less likely to make a groove in the floor than any other thing that could be dragged. We end with simply a clarification of the debate. The two Tanaim in our Mishnah disagree about what Rav Yehuda would say on a child's wagon. Ending on a disagreement can sometimes feel a bit disheartening. And yet, even in the questions that have been raised on our daf, we have clarified a couple of key elements about milacha on Shabbat and Yom Tov. The biblical categories are hardly enough to really create a special holy day. The rabbis add a whole series of other conditions to assure that we spend the day in a different mode than a weekday. A whole series of conditions like refraining from molid, from creating anything new, or especially focusing on our attentions, intentions when we might create something accidentally. It does take real attention to detail to create a day that calls in eternity. It doesn't just happen on its own. It seems that the point of all of it is to build a day which feels different. And each of these legal discussions can add to our own commitment, as well as to the power of the day. Beitzah 23 is learned around the world on the last day of Pesach in the diaspora. And so it reminds us that we can be privileged to live our holidays, to live Yantif and Shabbat in the kind of Kavanah that the rabbis provide for us on this staff, the kind of attention to detail which creates the day. May we be privileged to do so on future holidays. Until tomorrow. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.